Potential Heroes, 10 Unique Endings, Penelope's Path by Isabel Peterson. It's not the choose-your-own-adventure book you remember. What if you made different choices? After a humiliating divorce, Penelope is about to try her luck in the dating world for the first time in years. Luckily, she has her two best friends to help her face the single scene. Laura, single and loving in life, wants to bring Penelope to the club scene. Drink, dance, have fun, nothing serious. Her married friend Shannon, on the other hand, wants to set Penelope up with a guy from her husband's legal firm, insisting he's perfect for her. Should Penelope go on a blind date or hit the clubs? What about choices after that, like taking things further with a guy or not? Familiar tropes like friends to lovers, enemies to lovers, strangers to lovers, appearing with a dominant to be a submissive, even a surprise baby will be options here. Readers will find a wide range of romantic adventures, some with happily ever afters, some without. But one of the best parts about Penelope's Path, when you get to the end, you can go back to the beginning, make different choices, and enjoy a different story. Each path ranges in length from 14,000 to 40,000 words. That's Penelope's Path by Isabel Peterson. Get it now in Kindle Unlimited. Welcome back, lady listeners. I'm eating a Dove chocolate. And I didn't eat it fast enough. Now my cheeks hurt. <laughs> you want to redo it? Mm-mm, no. No, we're going with it. This we're is going real. with it? All right. We're, this is real. Read romance here. Read chocolate. <laughs> starting Jessadine week. Listen, we're not sponsored by Dove. But if they want to sponsor us, I'll talk mad shit about it. Let's do it. I love Dove. Oh Just like God. a little one to snack on. Mm-hmm. You suck on it. They're my yep. fave. You know, like, it's one of those things, too, where... I'm sure people in other countries think it's like trash chocolate. They're like, oh, that's not good. It doesn't have blood. I don't care. I like McDonald's. Sometimes, <laughs> you know? sometimes you just crave it because, like mm-hmm. I said, usually I like to suck on doves. If I'm buying candy, I'll get the doves. Like, I don't want to eat a whole mm-hmm. dove bar like my mm-hmm. daughter will. Yeah. But sometimes you just crave certain things. Lately, I've been craving the Hershey bars. Yeah. Yeah, those just are good. Just eating a Hershey bar, which I haven't done mm-hmm. in a long time, but sometimes you just crave shit. You just got to go you with gotta it. Have it. Do what your yep. body says. Listen to your body. <laughs> Pretty much. So yeah, we are here with Jessadine this week. You know, I emailed her and asked her about how to pronounce her name. She hasn't replied. So if I say it wrong, it's because she hasn't replied yet. But I think it's Jessa. I think like J I S A. I think that's how you'd say it. Jessa. That's how I've been saying it in my head. Yeah, I, I think so too. Her, We're yeah. going with it. We're just going All with right. it now. Now that's what it is. That's the role. <laughs> so. She has gotten a brand new book with us. It's called Rise of the Animals, The Rise Book One. And this is a brand new series that she started yeah. with us. And I'm super pumped about it. And you read it. And mm-hmm. you said there should be a warning. Yes. It is <laughs> I very, know what this like, is. This is for submission. So if any of those things are very triggering to you, like mm-hmm. at first, you're not even sure if she's on board with this. Because mm. this is paranormal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, once you realize how turned on she is and, you know, this is faded mates mm-hmm. and his, this is just overgrown aggression taking over for him. And mm-hmm. he's just like, mate, now. He's an animal. But they are destined and almost I think they're destined to save like these worlds or these villages or whatever, as you'll okay. see when you get in there. But this is 
triggering. If this is a problem for you, you should definitely bow out. <laughs> Check out okay. some of other Jessadine stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe not anything that's paranormal because those are a little bit riding the line of that. Yeah. So, but that's that trigger warning for some of you guys. And if it's not a trigger warning, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, so yeah, we've got her stuff and we'll tell you about her in just a little bit. Is there anything left to tell? And what, about her stuff? Oh, I yeah. mean, the fact that we've like talked about her for so long since, <laughs> since you found her. You know, it's funny, like, I even went to look on her social media and she's still like just radio silent. Oh, so it what is. is she I've been over there? I've been checking for a new book lately, but there hasn't been one, mm-hmm. so... Well, I was kind of hoping she might have mentioned one in an email to you, and I might find out about it today. But <laughs> no, not yet. Maybe I, we overwhelmed her. I I can 100% see that happening. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I could see her being like. like all of a sudden, yeah, the attention. I've got thousands like, of people wanting my Oh, books. my God. Yeah, that mm-hmm. could be traumatizing. Yeah. You'll notice that some people, when they start to do really well, is when they start to stumble. Yeah. It's like the whole time, they're doing great on their mm-hmm. own, on their own, and then it starts to like payoff and that's when the stumbling starts <laughs> you're like what was i thinking let me go back yeah. in this cave <laughs> yeah i think that she, we're just gonna assume that just dean's a groundhog and she's just yeah. like i haven't seen my shadow bye guys <laughs> <laughs> so she's back in for winter but um but yeah you know mel just so happened for those of you who haven't listened to past episodes mel just so happened to like find her I don't know no, how you, you talked about it. You read an email she wrote. Oh, that was it. That was it. Okay. She you wrote read in. her books. That's right. We pulled an old email from 2019 and she was on there and she was asking how to sell more books, like how to get her name out there that she'd been writing for a while and it just wasn't happening. And, you know, so we gave some advice and after it was over, I remember like I sent you her info because you were, said after we finished, you were like, send me your stuff. I want to look up her books. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think I sent it to you, and you were just like, that was it. Like you were gone for days. Yeah. For like a month, all I did was read her entire back list. Uh-huh. What's Non-stop. some of your favorites that she's written? I really like her Hollywood stories. I'm not – I those are probably my favorites, and the taboo ones. I'm not as big into um, her suspense ones. I enjoy them, mm-hmm. but not as much as her other ones Yeah, for some reason. I think the suspense ones, there's got to be more of a push and pull back and forth, mm-hmm. and I really like when her heroes are just balls to the wall. <laughs> but the suspense ones are longer, and with longer books, you have to do the push and pull yeah, back and um, forth. There has to be a reason they're not together. Yeah. 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 So after that, I mean, and we just stalked her and just e- I emailed her. I messaged her on Facebook. I messaged her for my personal Facebook message on Instagram. Like I, we did everything we could to be like, where are you? I should text her when we're down here and be like, where the hell are you? I know. But where's my book? <laughs> <laughs> just say that. Where's my book? Don't say hey or anything. <laughs> just go into it and just be like, sorry, guys. <laughs> so. Well, I'm going to tell you about my weekend now. Um, I did a writer's weekend with Abby Knox, and it was incredibly fun. And, like, I don't, I've never done something like that before where I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go to a cabin in the woods with a writer friend, and we're just going to write the entire mm-hmm. time. I hear and, people do it all the time. 
Yeah, it was actually so fun. I didn't, I thought it would be like a lot of work, a lot of focus, and it was, but at the same time, like it felt so good to have someone there, like kind of cheering you on, because she was like, all right, let's get to 5,000 before lunch, okay, ready, like go, and it was just like, we would just fly through it, Mm -hmm. and you know, so we got to, it was in Blowing Rocks, it's about two hours from here. And there's a grocery store that's about 30 minutes away from our cabin. We looked it up. So she and I went to the grocery store and just got shit. Because <laughs> the cabin had like, like a I'd full been kitchen. shopping when I seen all your groceries. I know. I was like, I had to take a picture because I was like, Melissa would be so proud of this right now. <laughs> it was just a, a whole thing of junk food. Because we're like, we can't leave. I mean, the cabin was so isolated. It was like, uh-huh. it took you so long to get up the mountain to the cabin that and then unless it was emergency, there's no need to go back down it. But it was also, the cabin was like brand new. So uh-huh. it was really, really nice. And it had like three beds, like two and a half baths that had full kitchen and stuff. And like they even had like a poker table and stuff downstairs and big TV and couch and everything. I was like, this this is like a party pad. The way the house sat was like on the edge of a mountain. So there was actually a patio downstairs and a deck upstairs. And so she sat downstairs and I sat upstairs. And we kind of just like yelled through the floor, you know, like <laughs> up and down at each other. You know, it was just, it, it was really nice, like I said, to just have someone that kind of understood like this process, you know. I mean, I'm yeah. so lucky that I have you, you know, when I talk about like my, my brain's not working today. Like I'll tell you like... You know, it's not coming. The words aren't coming, you know, and you understand what that feels like. Yeah. So, you know, it was kind of nice to like, you know, she was talking about a series. Abby wrote a brand new book for our podcast and she's got a series that's coming off of it. Oh my God. It's so fucking cute. She was telling me about it and I was like, I can't wait for our listeners to hear it. So anyways, it's like this, this destitute town and they come up with the idea to have the biggest, like, I don't even want to say because but it's like it's really cute it's kind of like this woman goes to this town and she's going to help revive it Uh and so it's it's just really sweet and I think shit I think it's in the the book she's writing not the one for the podcast but the one that's going to go with it in the town the mayor is a dog and so like like the mayor and his owner is like this surly like um tow truck driver or whatever and he gets mad that he has to take the mayor around town to do all his business to like go to all this stuff right does that not sound like the cutest thing ever it does he's like the mayor's like this dumb goofy golden retriever like just sweet and just sitting there and they were like they had to take votes on stuff and they were like all right what does the mayor want to do and they'd guy's just like so resentful (laughs) so I know I know so anyway so she was telling me a lot about that and um you know we talked out some stuff that she was like what about this what about this and at one point it was like after lunch and I was sitting outside I was like gosh wouldn't it be nice if we had like a a nice rainstorm or something to write to and I swear to god it started raining (laughs) I was like wouldn't it be nice like a million dollars fell from the sky You know, that's what all we did. And we watched TV on Friday night when we got there on Friday and that we wrote a little bit. And then that night we watched some TV and then we wrote all day Saturday. And then Saturday night, I was like, let's just put on the TV because my brain's mush. Like, I just need something to stare at. And so we watched a show and then we came home Sunday. Now, I want to tell you the show that we watched on that was there for like, or sorry, it was only on for like 
one episode, but it was, I thought it was people who dressed up in animal suits, like furries. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that it was a dating show for people that were furries. It's okay. not. It's people who dress in masks that look like animals and stuff. And it's like they go on blind dates. It's okay, like, I think I've seen a preview for that. Yeah, like one girl goes out with three dudes. She looks like the devil. And like there's one that looks like an orangutan or in like a like a, a like a statue. I mean, it's, and it was so fucking weird. And I was like, I don't know if my brain is mush right now. Or if this show is just really fucking weird. Like, at one point, I was just sitting there staring at it, and I was like, I don't, I was like, what's wrong? And I look over, and like, Abby's just out cold on the couch. And I was like, let's go to bed. <laughs> this is enough. Let's go to bed. I've reached capacity today. But um, one thing that happened when I was up there, and I'm so, like, embarrassed, but I got so scared at night, I couldn't sleep. I was really? so afraid. Yes, because we were in the middle of nowhere. And I was yeah. like, this is how fucking horror movies start. That's it, the kind of scary that gets me. Like, horror movies yes. don't get me. But I don't watch um, gruesome horror movies. Mm-hmm. I don't watch slashes because I feel like that can be real. Yes. I watch, like, paranormal. Uh-huh. So I, that's, I felt like I was about to be in a slasher movie. And it was scary because, like, there's one bedroom upstairs and there's uh one bedroom downstairs or two bedrooms downstairs like all the way in the back and so abby slept downstairs so i was upstairs by myself i didn't i didn't want to sleep downstairs because i was like well, what if a bear breaks in i'm dead i would have been like right in the bed i'd be like we'll share in the bed <laughs> no, i should have she had a king size bed too i should have gone there i'm afraid but I, honestly i didn't trust her to protect me like i love you abby but i didn't think that was gonna happen i don't see her like fighting off someone evil <laughs> she'd just be like well this is weird <laughs> Like, I could see her just being like, oh, wow, what do we do? (laughs) But, yeah, I got both nights. I got so scared. I think I only had, like, three or four hours of sleep each night because I was so afraid. I was like, I I slept with the lights on. Like, (laughs) it was so embarrassing. But I had, like, at that point, I had just worked myself up. And I was like, well, this is how I die. Yeah. It's going to be up here on the top of a mountain in the middle of nowhere. Someone's in the woods waiting for this cabin to get rented so they can kill everybody inside of it. This is actually like the making of a Justin Dean book. Really? Oh yeah. Like with some of her shifter ones where they're like yeah. out in the middle of nowhere and then the sh- her like oh your mate God. shows up. Yes, that's <laughs> right. I did you. read that one. Yeah, I read those <laughs> where like they're at the house and stuff and her friend's coming over. Mm-hmm. They're dirty. It's like a setup for a scary movie, but then you just it get It is. It's like the beginning of Scream. <laughs> yeah, and then it's lots of sex. But yeah, it was just, uh, you know, there's safety in numbers. I would go back if there were more people, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or if like I felt like I w- there were more people around and stuff. Like maybe if it wasn't so isolated. Oh, I, yeah. I, like, I told Abby and she was like, really? Like she kind of thought it was like she didn't have that feeling at all. She's like, I slept great. <laughs> it's like, Fuck you. I'm upstairs thinking we're all going to die. But, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh but it was so nice. Like it was, it was such a great little getaway. But it was, you know, it was uh, productive. That's the word I want to say. I was going to say like fortunate, but yeah, it was really productive. So that part was good. I got home on Sunday, and my kids went with my in laws for a couple of days, and so I realized like, okay, I have to take advantage of this time. So my youngest one 
she just has so much shit in her room. And it's not even like all toys and stuff. Like she has a good bit of toys, but a lot of it is just stuffed animals and mm-hmm. like clothes. And, and it adds up fast. It's crazy. Oh my God. Like, I feel like I'm constantly cleaning out her room, but it just comes back like it, it's like gremlins. Like you get water on it and it multiplies. <laughs> but like, you know, so. I took advantage of her not being here, and I thought, if I move her furniture around, I can say this is a room makeover, instead of just going in and throwing all her shit away. Then it's harder for her to tell it's missing as well. Exactly, yes. I can only do it when Peyton's gone, too. Mm -hmm. Go through his shit. He has to be not around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I've got to, they can't be there. Because, I mean, she was really good. You know, a couple of, usually before Christmas, like, we'll kind of go through her stuff. Because I know she's going to be getting a lot of toys. And it's a great time to donate stuff. So, mm-hmm. we're like, okay, so if you were going to, you know, give this to another kid, what, you know, what would you want to give them? You know, and so yeah. that's usually a good way for her to, like, think about it when she donates stuff. is she's donating it to other kids. So, she seems to do well with that, but, like, there's some stuff she just won't let go of. And it's, like, the little crap that she's, like, just created. And, like, there's an old, like, Play-Doh thing in her room. I was like, what is this? So, and, you know, she didn't have a ton of storage either. So, I bought a bunch of storage bins from, like, Target and stuff. But I ended up, like, moving her room around and put a new bedspread on it and hung up one of her pictures. And it was so cute. Like, it's, she's probably going to hate it, though. She's probably going to go home and be like, what did you do to my room? Oh, my God. I know. But I did go in there after I was, like, cleaning up and stuff. And I walked in and the cat was, like, sleeping on her bed. It was, like, because I had the new bedspread and blanket. And I had all, like, her stuffed animals lined up. And he was just laying in the middle, just curled up, like. Kind of get a smell on there. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really cute, though. I was like, oh, do you miss your girl? And I don't think that was it at all. (laughs) She just carries him around the house. And he's got, like, huge bug eyes. (laughs) Like, help me. (laughs) So, have you been reading anything this weekend, or since we last talked in the past Uh, week? I did read one book. I read it yesterday and today. It was, because I think I've talked about the series before, Mm -hmm. where it's like, bred by the president in C, and bred by the mafia boss. Yeah, I've talked about it before. I remember this one. Bred by the billionaire. I, like, told you my favorites. Okay, okay. There was a new one. It was, like, um, bred by... Uh, the alien abductor, <laughs> which is actually really good. It kind of reminded me. I enjoyed it. He steals her from Earth, and he looks mm-hmm. humanoid or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think she she really got into the world building with his brothers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm thinking that maybe she's going to make a series out of it, which would make it be really good because it kind of reminded me of Lauren Donner's one. Oh, the cyborg series. Yeah, but with Lauren Donner's, mm-hmm. I'll have to admit, I never cared for the fact that she's kind of mean to the alien mm-hmm. women. Yeah, yeah. These alien women weren't mean. Like, they were curious of the human woman. And they were like, like, can she have babies? Because they mm-hmm. couldn't populate. And they were like, can we get males from there to, so we can populate? <laughs> so it, it was a nice twist for me that I actually yeah, enjoyed. That yeah. I was like, okay, that's kind of sweet that they're mm-hmm. caring about the other ones. Yeah, Lauren Donner's cyborg seduction, like, they are a little... Those are a little rougher. There's not, like, flowery, over-the-top romance with those. Yeah. But it's he falls like for her. Breeding. Like, he doesn't think he's going to fall. He's just going to find a person to mate and save civilization. So it's sweet and stuff. So, so I enjoyed that who one. Is this? Who are these by? Sam Crescent. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. This is I one of the series I really enjoy. Huh? Yeah, I was thinking it was a new author. You've been reading Sam Crescent forever. Yeah. Like I said, I her yeah. books can be hit or miss for me. Sometimes they're too dark and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I try to mention the ones that I really like because I think yeah. other people were like them. So I'm mm-hmm. guessing if people favor what I read, they might have the same problem. Yeah. So, yeah. but I enjoyed that one if you guys are wondering. Mm-hmm. Or you're like, we don't pay attention. Fuck you. Know. <laughs> I finished Dear Aaron by Mariana Zapata. I'm, that's all I'm reading for the next four years, I think. I know. Um, I figure. Just, yeah. So, but that Dear Aaron one was the one I talked about last time where it was the love letters or the, well, they're um, letters back and forth to mm-hmm. the guy that was overseas. Yeah. Let me tell you, by the end of this book, I was just sobbing oh at the end God. of it. It was so good. But, like, I remember texting my friend and, like, doing a voice text. And I was like, I don't know why I'm crying, but I just loved it so much. (laughs) I was like, I don't know what to do with these emotions. (laughs) You know? Because it wasn't sad at all. It was so beautiful. Yeah. And, like, I love them so much. You're, like, just so happy for them. Yeah, I was so happy. I was. I was so happy for them. I was crying. Oh, my God. It was so, so good. I loved it. And as soon as I finished that one, I started under, I think it was, hold on. No, shit. I finished a different one since then. Fuck. I can't even remember now. You were reading a series with a Jersey girl. I read that. That one was by Lucy Score. I yeah. read that one. I remember you were reading one other author. Oh, different. I read, I, I listened to Hands Down. Okay. So I finished Dear Aaron and then I started Hands Down. And, and if you haven't listened to Hands Down yet, that's her newest audio that she had that came out. And it is about, if you read Wall of Winnipeg, it's his roommate, the the Southern guy. And so I listened to that whole book. And let me tell you, this is one of those things where I know that women love a Southern hero, like that slow darling this and sweetheart that. But all I feel like it is just, I can't get past it because I just yeah. think about every redneck in my town, you know? Yeah. So like listening to it, this guy, like he just puts it it's on over the top. Like he's like, I'm going to call my mama, like when he's talking and stuff. And I could see how that could be really sweet and charming. But at the same time, I was just like, oh. Not for me. You're like, it's too close. Too close. I know, it really was. I was like, we're hitting too close to home, guys. But the story was really, really good. So I like it definitely like it wasn't one of my favorites that I listened to. But I did love that they were they'd known each other since they were like 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 a year old, I think. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of grew up together. And when she, he was like, I think he's like eight or nine years older than her. And when she was 17, this is in the beginning, so it's not a spoiler. When she was 17, she went to tell him how she felt because she realized she loved him. Mm-hmm. And he had a girlfriend at the time. And when she did, the girlfriend told her, she was like, you're too clingy. Like, this is inappropriate. Like, basically just cut her down and said, Zach doesn't want anything to do with you anymore. And so she had like, so she left and like tried to reach out to him and he never like talked to her again. And so they didn't speak for 10 years. And so then it's like, now she's back in uh, Dallas or wherever she is in Texas and he's there and they've like run into each other. So it's sort of like what happens now. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, it's like their families are all intertwined together and like her cousin is his best friend. And it's like, you know, like I said before, Marianne Zapata does a great like family dynamic and stuff like brothers and sisters and stuff. It's so good. So that part was really good. I think maybe I would have enjoyed reading the book versus <laughs> listening to the audio because <laughs> I would have just changed his voice in my head. Yeah. But I really like the male narrator. I kind of want to see if he can do a different accent now to do it. And then after that one, I started the one, I think it's called Under Lock is the one I have right now. Yeah, Under Lock, L-O-C-K-E. Somebody had posted up in Read Me Romance. They were like, this was my favorite Mariana Zapata book and nobody ever talks about it. They were like, I don't know why. And so I started it, and I think I'm on like chapter two or three, and I don't know how the fuck this guy is going to redeem himself. He was a dick to her. So like he owns a tattoo shop and like a biker bar or something, or he's a biker and owns a tattoo shop. And so he, as a favor to one of his friends, he hires her to come be like the office manager. And she's, like, doing this program or whatever. And she, he goes through, like, really fast. He's, like, just do this and this and this. Like, kind of just dismisses her. Mm-hmm. And so she comes back later and she was, like, I, hey, I have a question about that program. Like, I just don't want to mess it up. I want to make sure I'm getting the numbers right. And he was, like, are you kidding me? And so he goes back in there and shows her. And she's, like, really embarrassed and stuff. And then later she's going to the bathroom and she hears him on the phone. And he's, like, I just don't understand. He was, like... He was like, yeah, she's pretty. He was like, yeah, okay, she's hot, whatever. I'm not trying to wet my dick. He was like, I don't need some stupid bitch that can't catch on. And I was just like, how is this man going to come back from this? Yeah. I have, like, I'm at that part, and I'm just like, how do you how do you get past that? Yeah. I mean, she heard it, and she was just like, I'm going to go throw up now. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know. It makes me nervous. <laughs> I'm sure it'll happen, but I'm just like, I don't know if I could forgive a hero for that. Guess you're going to find out. I guess we're going to find out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let me tell you guys some more about the book you're going to hear today. I'll read Jisadine's bio too, since I have that pulled up. This is our Amazon one. It says, Jisadine has been writing romance since she was four years old. The older she gets, the dirtier the stories seem to get. But like a fine wine, she keeps getting better with age. When she's not making herself blush with the stuff she writes, she's a mom and wife, constantly wondering how to hide her alter ego and dirtier side from the PTO moms in the pickup line. She would love nothing more than to spread smut throughout the land. So come get smutty with her. And like I said, she has a Facebook page. She's probably not going to answer you, though. So you can just message us. You can email us if you want to know stuff about her. Just email readmeandromance.com at gmail.com. And so the book you're going to hear today, like I said, is Rise of the Animals, the Rise book number one. And I'll read you that, too. Athea is having a tough year. Her parents died, leaving her as the sole provider for her two sisters and large hairy monsters are attacking her village. To make things worse, she's been trapped outside the walls, and one of the monsters wants her for more than just a midnight snack. It just so happens he's their leader, the biggest and cruelest of them all. Things go from bad to worse when her sister becomes involved. These beasts are scary and dangerous, but could they hold the key to saving her village? And how far is she willing to make that sacrifice? How far is she willing to go to make that sacrifice for her people and keep her sister safe? This is the beginning of the Metamorphosis series. It's not historically accurate by any means, but it's quick, dirty, and fun. 
and you finally get to travel to the town everyone was talking about in The Human Between, and it's set 1,000 years earlier, this little nugget will take us back to the origin of a family line that has, that has wound in and out of the metamorphosis history throughout time. It is the beginning of a series, but can be read as a standalone. Hot virgin love, sexy man beast, and the time period where you, that, where you took what you wanted. What could be better? Let's play the first installment. All right, let's go. That's we said, trigger warning. This is for submission. <laughs> yep. This is Rise of the Animals by Jissa Dean. Read for you by Wesley Paul. Athea. The weather has turned colder and colder these last few days. So cold it feels like I might freeze where I stand if I don't keep moving. Our village is small, but because of its location, it's at the centre of almost every bad thing that happens. Kingdoms fighting on one side or the other make it hard for us to live our lives without the threat of violence. And now a new threat has come. The first time we heard about the monsters was because one of the neighbouring villagers had been attacked and only one survivor had escaped. He eventually made his way to our gates. The things he described were horrifying and difficult to believe. In fact, the man soon succumbed to his injuries and our town healer believed it was delirium. Then the first attack came and we knew it was all true. If anything, the kind man had shielded us from the worst of it. At night and out of nowhere, creatures came into our pastures and fields and slaughtered most of our animals and took most of our crops. The next night we awoke to the sound of them trying to break down the main gates. Our men tried to fight them the best they could from behind the walls, but even then we still lost one man to the fight and two women perished from fright. Now we have to forage for what we eat, and every day the trip takes us farther and farther into the woods. All the villages around us have fallen, and each time I go outside my town's walls my skin runs cold with dread. It won't be long before they take every last one of us that goes out scouting for food. Two girls the same age as me have already been torn to shreds and half-eaten. All that was left of them were torn clothes and puddles of blood. These creatures, for they are not men but monsters, don't just attack and leave the dead. No, they feast off of them and delight in the carnage and suffering they inflict on the innocent. Bastards. They call themselves metamorphs, and say they are the stuff of myths and legends sent by God himself to punish us for our wrongdoings. But my people have done no wrong. The only wrong the people of my town are guilty of is being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Their leader is a fierce beast who stands well over six feet tall, much taller than any of our men. He is as wide as two of our men put together, and when he starts bashing at the walls, his eyes glow an eerie green that tells me he is going to eventually kill us all. I am ashamed to say I find him very attractive, even though I am aware of what he is and what he turns into. Someday my wickedness will be a price I have to pay for my secret fantasies. More and more women come to our village by the day, with tales of their men being ripped in two and eaten right in front of them. I work the shiver that wants to run up my spine out of my system, 
I am the only one left to care for my sisters. I have to be brave and focus on getting the job done. With so few men left, and all of those on watch, it's left up to a handful of able women and older men to go out and seek food. The forest is less cold than the fields just outside our walls, sheltered from the wind. But I can't stop myself from shaking as if the coldest, iciest wind is blowing right at me. I cross myself and hope that the new religion really will save us from the demons that infest our land. Then I hear it. One minute I'm bending over for a root that will make a good stew, and the next, the bell that hangs on the gatehouse in the village starts ringing. They only ring it to warn of danger and alert the men to prepare for an attack. Oh, gods. If I don't get back before they close the gates, I will be left out here with the monsters. I drop my basket, lift my skirts, and run as fast as I can for the gates. My breath is coming in hard pants, and the cold burns my lungs. Sweat trickles down my back, and fear has me by the throat. Ahead of me, I see the women and older men all running through the fields towards the gate. The right side is already closed shut, and they are just waiting for the last of us to try to make it in before they slam the other side, sealing anyone who isn't fast enough out. Marnie is twelve and stumbles every few feet or so. I too stumble with the stupid skirts of my dress tangling around my ankles. Anson is sixty, and few people in the village expect him to live much longer. He also trips every so often. Still, I am faster than both of them, so as soon as I am within reach of them, I stop to help them up. Anson leans on me hard, and I hear the wheeze of his breath over the pounding of my own heart. We are so close, the last three outside of the wall. Marnie is helping me hold Anson up on the other side, and both of us are staggering to the safety of the wall, but the door begins to shut. Run ahead! Go, Marnie! She hesitates for a second and then takes off for the door. I have only a few more steps to go before I can shove Anson through and hopefully squeeze through myself. My dress and Anson's weight are too much for me, and I trip at the last minute, going down hard on my hands and knees. Someone from the village reaches for Anson to jerk him inside before the door slams shut and the bell goes silent. I'm as good as dead to them now. My oldest sister, Alma, will have to pick up the work that I was doing for the family. She's only a year younger than me, but I didn't want her to have to do the things I do, to bear the stress of getting caught. Tears stream down my face, and I can hear the sound of howls from far off to my left. I pick myself up and run to the right, to the woods, and hopefully to safety. As soon as I hit the tree line, my eyes are scanning the area for anything I can hide in. Should I climb a tree, or find a fallen one to crawl into so I can hide from them until they leave? Should I just keep running until I pass out from exhaustion, or make it to the next town? My eyes light upon a huge tree with a hollowed-out trunk that me and my sisters used to play in when times were better, and it makes my mind up for me. I dive for it, and curse my backside. I have a larger ass than this tree is happy with, or maybe just this hole, but I'm going to fit. My hips pop through, and I slide my legs the rest of the way in. 
I sink down on the makeshift ledge inside the trunk and peek out of one of the tiny cracks in the bark. My breath is coming too fast from my run and the terror of being left out when the bell rang. I try my hardest to slow it down so I'm not heard. Shadows move across the forest, and I know they are looking for me. Not me specifically, just anyone who was left outside. They might have even seen me running across the meadow when they came upon the town. The sound of fighting is muffled inside the tree, but I hear the screams of our people and the savage glory the beasts take when one of ours fall from the rampart. I've watched as they've ripped one of our men apart. Big, hairy, wolf-like animals that think like men and are able to transform from one form to the other in the blink of an eye attack and fight as both forms when they come for us. Even when they are human, they are still far deadlier than the men of our village. The fighting goes on for a few more minutes, and then all is quiet. God, I hope the war's held. I can't imagine how I could go on if I was hiding and survived and my sisters were attacked and killed. Then the howling is back. It seems closer to me than it was before. My body stiffens up with fear. A large brown shadow passes in front of my tree, causing everything to go dark. I can hear sounds like an animal sniffing around, and my body starts to tremble. Maybe if these were normal men, I would be safe if I just didn't make any noise, but I realize what the creatures are doing. They are looking for me, and they will find me because of my scent. I hear another howl closer to me this time. It sounds like it is right in front of my tree, and this time the howl is answered by several more. They found me. Something large hits the tree and shakes me until I almost betray myself and let out a little yelp, but I slam both of my hands over my mouth to keep it in. Something is trying to knock my tree over. With every hit I am shaken up and I have to fight to hold back my screams. I pray. I pray so hard that this tree won't give up its secret and that I will be able to make my way back to my family. I make promises that I will do better and act better and not have bad thoughts ever again. That I won't touch myself late at night because I'm curious. Not that I've done that a great deal, but enough to send me to hell, I'm sure. More hits to the tree and then silence. I strain to hear any little noise that might tell me whether they have moved on or if they're just trying to wait me out. I'm so caught up in trying to breathe as slow and silent as possible that the sound of the trunk being split in two takes me a moment to process. Above me, a fist the size of my head plows through the rotten wood and starts grasping around. I shrink down and make myself as small as I can, but the creature gets the very top of my hair. Not enough to pull me from my hiding place, but enough to confirm I am in here. A roar cracks through the air and the hand is replaced by a face with one gleaming green eye pressed to the hole. The leader. The leader has found me. His breaths come in sniffs and snorts and his face is half human and half animal. He tries to widen the hole so he can get a better look at me or maybe grab hold of me to pull me out, but he can't 
and for once I am grateful the hole is so small. His face disappears, and for one silent moment I have hope that he's going to walk away, back to the fighting, back to the destruction of my town. Then the wood is torn apart again, this time without the aid of an already there hole. He's so close to me now that all I can do is press myself against the back side of the trunk. The eye that looks in this time is not green. It is an icy blue that seems to judge me even as he reaches for me. I can't hold in the scream any longer. The sound of wood splintering is all the warning I get as the entire back part of the tree I am hiding in is pulled away. I fall and scream as green eyes glow at me from above. He came around the backside and waited until the other creature scared me enough to make me scream so he would know just where to break through. His eyes are glowing in the near dark of the forest, and as I take mine away from his, I can see that all of his soldiers have formed a ring around my hiding spot. My time has run out. I look at the men forming the circle. All of them are so big, and some of them are half-turned while others are back in their human form. All have eyes on me. I am jerked up off the ground by the front of my dress. Even as I try to pull away, I'm aware it's pointless to do so. He pulls me close to him, and I squeeze my eyes shut as tight as I can. I don't want to look at my death coming. His nose touches my neck and shocks my eyes wide open. He sniffs my neck and my hair. One large hand reaches up to grasp more of my curls in his hand and hold it to his nose. He closes his eyes, almost like he is savouring my scent. I guess if you are at the top of the food chain, you can afford to take your time with your meal. When his eyes open again, they are aflame and light, and he growls deep in his throat. What is your name? His voice is so low and gruff that more of the animal comes out than the man. Why does he want to know my name? Fuck him. He will get nothing from me. He already has my life. What more could he want? I shake my head at him. If this creature wants to eat me, fine, but I don't have to tell him a damned thing. Let him wonder until his dying day if it bothers him so much to eat someone and not know their name. Wolf I have been following her scent for a while now. Each time it leads me to the town with the high wooden walls and the tiny townspeople who try to fight something they don't understand. Her scent lingers in the fields and forests just outside, and I knew she had to be inside those walls. It's one of the reasons my men and I haven't moved on. We were given orders to, but the fat, bloated king who thinks he can command us is going to have to learn that he controls nothing. My men and I are not some pathetic legion of knights for him to order around. I have already warned him once what would happen if he didn't stop. Now he has tempted fate and done it again. I would have let it go again, but the scent of this female has drawn me to this town, and this town is where I will stay until I can take her with me. Her scent haunts me. It's clean and innocent not drenched in blood like mine. Her frightened eyes follow me, 
never breaking contact for fear I will choose that moment to pounce on her. My name? She stammers out the question, and I can smell her fear. I fought in so many battles that my mind has become completely corrupt because I like the way it smells on her. I like everything about her. Her long, dark hair twisting in the wind of winter coming. Her big brown eyes that glisten with tears and fear. The way her pussy smells even as her fear of me turns into something more. What do they call you? I demand. I won't stop what is about to happen, but it would be nice to know what to call her. She jerks from my grasp and I let her. If she runs, it will be all my wolf needs to hunt her the way my people have with their mates since the dawn of time. She braces herself on the tree and stands straighter. I wait for her answer. My face splits into a grin when she spits out, Go to hell! She's truly a mate worthy of me. I grab her by the arm and yank her away from the tree, pulling her down to her hands and knees. She may not have run, but she made her choice when she defied me. She fights like a wild thing, which makes my dick throb harder. I open my trousers so that my dick can fall out. Being pent up in them made me angry. My animal doesn't care for clothing in the first place, and now my dick has grown so large it is uncomfortable to even have cloth touch it. Seeing my cock bob out of my leather pants makes her fight harder for me to release her. No! What are you doing? What do you think you are doing? She shouts above the cries of her people fighting with mine. Some I left to continue the attack, while some of my trusted warriors follow me. Taking my mate. I kick her legs slightly apart and reach between them. When my fingers come back drenched in her dew, I know she is also feeling what's between us. I test her tight entrance with one of my thick fingers and hear her grasp and whimper. I can tell by how tightly she squeezes up on the intruding digit that she is virginal still. I flip the back of her skirt up over her ass, making sure we are at an angle where my men surrounding us can't glimpse her bared pussy. I lean forward and spare a moment to take one swipe at her open slit with my long animal-like tongue. Her body trembles at my mouth's touch, and she squeals loud enough to be heard over the fighting. Her taste bursts over my tongue, making me want to take that which is mine. I can't wait any longer. If I do, someone might come and take her from me, or try to kill me for her. I line my throbbing cock at her innocent virgin hole and give a hard, deep thrust of my hips, breaking into her pussy the way we break down the city gate at midnight to sack, plunder, and take what we want. She throws her head back and screams out loudly, but her body is already convulsing on my cock, milking the cum from my balls even as she protests. The rest of my men stop fighting. They stop feasting on the dead, they stop advancing on the tiny village, and turn to look at what is happening with their leader. The fact that I am on the ground, rutting into my mate for all to see, 
is a high akin only to battle. I have won. I am victorious this day because I have taken what is mine. I pull out and ram myself back in her small body, making her breasts sway violently in her peasant top. I am roaring and snarling over her as my knot begins to grow. This woman doesn't just call to my human side. She is also calling to the animal I hold within. Her pussy is like nothing I have ever experienced before. Soft and wet and like heaven. I hold her hips between my hands and realize how small and fragile this human is. I could kill her without even being annoyed about it. But somehow, the longer I am in her sweet cunt, the more I think she is the one who has a hold of me. I would become her slave if she asked me to. I thought having her with me would be a good thing, but now I can tell that I am in just as dangerous waters as she is in with me. Her body shivers under mine, causing my knot to expand and my hips to piston harder so that I can squeeze it into her tight opening. She feels it and starts trying to jerk away from me again, but I have too strong a grip on her for her to ever get away from me. Still, I need to make sure she stays still. Once my knot has swollen to its full width, I won't be able to pull out of her without breaking her precious cunt apart, something I do not want to do. I lean forward and surround her with my girth. My men have formed a larger circle around us now, watching what happens when one of us meets our mate. They can only watch me plow into her body, because I have left her clothing on or else I would not be okay with them watching. When I take her on her back, they will not be invited to view the mating. It's bad enough that they get to see her face in the throes of her orgasm, and I can't because I am behind her. I am even jealous of that. The knot grows even as I move to take the soft skin that lies where her neck and shoulder meet into my mouth, telling her without saying any words to be still and not try to pull away from me. I wait until I can feel the skin of the bulbous growth at the base of my cock swell as full as it can grow inside of her, before I bite down, sinking my teeth into her flesh and tasting her blood even as my knot pushes harder on her walls and spreads her far wider than any man could ever manage. This time, when she screams, it isn't just in fear or indignation at having a half-animal take her. This time, her cunt flowers out around my cock like a garden whose gates are just opening to allow me into paradise. Her body convulses, and she keeps screaming until she has no voice left to cry out. On her breath is my name, even though I never told her who I am. Somehow this woman's soul, completely human or not, knows who owns her. Her pussy flutters, and a flood of liquid drips around the seal I have made to plug her so she will accept my seed. I throw my head back and let out an earth-shaking roar at the knowledge that I have bred my mate. My babies will swell her stomach to a nice round shape and cause milk to drip from her nipples. I shoot more seed into her, thinking about her tits hanging heavy with the cream that will not only feed our offspring, but me as well. 
I lick her neck to make sure her wound will heal. Her body sags in my arms. She is completely exhausted from her body's reaction to my mating. I pull her body up so that her dress hangs down, covering her sweet cunt from my brother's eyes, so they can look at the face of the woman who will be their queen, who will lead them beside of me. She has small rivulets of blood running down her chest and staining her shirt, and I can finally see her beautiful unbound breasts round out the front of her peasant's top. Fate has chosen a truly remarkable woman as my mate. Her head lolls against my chest as I fill her completely full of my seed. The bulb of my knot guaranteeing that none will leak out until it has had a chance to follow the path to her womb. My men are in various stages of shock and wonder. Some are happy the old tales of faded mates are true and not just myths to keep us from going insane. Others fear the change that this will cause. The fighting has ceased and night is falling across the hills and valleys of this land. The villagers will be too afraid to do much tonight. My men will set up camp just outside their walls, and tomorrow my mate and I will go to her town's leaders so that I may tell them my men will no longer be attacking her and her family or her people, whoever she calls her own. Instead, we will stand with them and make sure they are kept safe. It is the least I can do for keeping my mate safe for me until I came for her. But tonight, I will do more of this with my mate. I will use her body so many times tonight that we might have to wait a day before we go to talk to her people. The poor thing is still trembling in my arms, even in her sleep. But she has no need to fear any longer because now she holds the leash to a monster the likes of which the world has never seen before. Welcome back. All right, if you're still with us, <laughs> thanks for hanging out. <laughs> We're going to get you the next installment on Thursday. Be sure to enter the giveaway this week. I don't know what it is yet. She's got to email me back. We're just going to, can we just go to her house? what are you doing what are you working on (laughs) so until then that's all our news for now just come back thursday for the second installment we'll see you then all right tell them what to do fuck your day up make today your bitch don't be a dick bye guys bye read me romance read read me romance read me romance read read me romance you could take a look in a book that's fine or you could sit back relax and unwind and read me romance read read me romance